0: Turn to Joshua, I believe I got something, (laughs) but everybody's got to stay on ready, you know, everybody, Joshua, the first chapter, you going to believe with me tonight, you know, a lot of times that if it's spirit directed ministry, uh, the minister never knows all about it you have a, a a direction and you prepare and a lot of times I'll look at you know it's, there's times I've looked at thousands of scriptures and hundreds of definitions just preparing for one message don't do that all the time but a lot of times I have but then after all that what what you're doing is you're you're trying to put inside yourself Because one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to bring things to our remembrance. What if you never knew it? Well, it's a little more difficult, right? (laughs) But if you had seen it and you you knew it, then he could bring it to your remembrance. And I know a lot of people concerning school and everything, they'd like to quit studying and just believe God for perfection. But no, in this life, that's still part of it. Right, and the more knowledge and the more understanding you have, uh, then the Holy Ghost can bring any of that to your, your remembrance. Let's, let's say you work on uh, transmissions. Could you be spirit-led transmission man? Amen. If you go to Faith Life Church, you better be. <laughs> right, everybody should be spirit-led carpenter, spirit-led. You know, truck driver, right? Spirit led everything. Yep. And uh, let's say you're a transmission man. Well, you should learn everything you can about transmissions. Yes. Right? Yes, you should. And not just say, well, I have worked on transmissions for 25 years. I know transmissions. No, no. Don't get haughty and prideful. Amen. You know a little bit yeah. about transmissions. And how many of you need to keep learning though? Keep learning. Keep studying. But uh, somebody who doesn't know God, then they're just going to rely on what they know and their experience and the book. And that's all they got. But somebody who knows God has the Holy Ghost inside them. And you have this knowledge of transmissions. You know about the gears and the pumps and the valves and the cases and the wiring. You know about it. So what you do, you have such an advantage though. Here the transmission is, something's wrong with it. It won't shift. And so you know, you know what it's built out of and you know what the book says to do. And you know that there's a certain troubleshooting procedure that you go through, but you have an advantage. So before you ever start, (laughs) you just sit down there on your creeper and put your hand on that transmission. And you sit there and pray in tongues a little bit. And you think about the valve assembly, but you don't, you know, you don't really have anything on that. You you think about this pump, and you think about this switch, and you th- you think about it. You're looking. Well, see, if you didn't know about any of that stuff, yeah. right? But then you think about this and you think about this this valve assembly and when you think about this valve assembly something kind of moves inside you I don't talk about physical feeling now but there's a witness you think yeah 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 that's it you didn't have a witness about the other stuff but I'm not talking about a physical feeling I'm not talking about a voice I'm not talking about a hot flash cold flash but there is a witness there's something about this and so that's what you go to first. Yeah. And the more you learn about this, it's right again and again and again. And while others, somebody else was wasting half a day going through their troubles shooting procedure, you just went right straight to the problem and there it is. Yeah. Can you do this in an office? Yes. Yeah, you can. Now, you know, if you're with us, What's been a year or so ago now, I guess, we taught on Spirit-Led Life 1 and 2. We were on it for months. Then you know. But don't just think you know it. Uh, listen to it again. If you weren't with us particularly, get the tapes or I don't know if it's still online or not. But uh, we have a lending library. We'll just loan them to you. Get, you need to catch up with us. I keep, I you know, teach you the same thing all the time. Right? So go back and get the spirit led life one and two and listen to that and feed on it. Uh, there are few things in life more important than learning to be led by the spirit. Absolutely a matter of life and death. A matter of surviving in your marriage or not. Being successful in your business or not. People in the world, they just, they got their head, they got their wits, they got their brawn. That's all they got. We got that plus. (laughs) <laughs> Plus, the greater one who knows everything about everything and everybody living right inside us 24-7. Say out loud, I'm led by the Spirit, by the Spirit. Every, day, every day in everything, in everything. with everybody. With everybody. Thank, God Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord. Joshua 1, are you there? In Joshua 1, Joshua is taking Moses' place as the leader of the people. And he is... The, I mean, that's a tall order in and of itself. What kind of leader they were used to. They had, they had not not been a leader like Moses before that time. And he comes next and he, he's got... The expectations of the people in that regard. But then he has got all these ites. (laughs) You matter what I mean. Canaanites. That looked like they were standing between him and all the people. And fulfilling the vision that God had given them. God told them he had given them the land that flowed with milk and honey. But it was full of ites mean Bigites, Big-ites. Right? <laughs> you know what? Like the Amalekites. All them-ites. And uh, look, the Lord gave him a word. How many know with the word of God, you can overcome anything? Oh, this is a whole message within itself. No matter what you're facing, do you know what you need to get through it? You need a word from God. And you got that. You got it. Is that right? Because there's power in the word to overcome anything. Any situation you're in, the thing you need most is the word from God to you about that. Remember, Jesus is walking on the water. And... uh, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Either in a storm. It's an impossible situation. What did Peter need? He was scared. He was shook. He needed a word from the Lord. Somebody said, yeah, that's what I'm looking for is a prophecy. I didn't say that. Don't be running to people looking for a prophecy. Let's get your eyes on people. Are you with me now? Well, I'm looking for a confirmation. To a lot of people, it's the same thing. You're looking for somebody to prophesy to you. There's a lot of error in in these areas. For one thing, do you have a right to ask the Lord to deal with people to come prophesy to you to confirm something? Of course, you need scripture for everything. Right? The Lord uses this. There are times when he will confirm things through other people. But it's a mistake to get to look into other people hoping they'll prophesy to you and pull in on other people. That's a mistake. Did you hear me? Because what you can do is you wind up putting more stock in something they might say than in the words you've already got from God. And really... You shouldn't need a whole lot. We should grow to the point, we're talking about being spirit led. We should grow to the point to where when we hear from the Lord, we know it's Him. And we know it's in the Bible. And now we got it. That's it. Hmm? What else do you need? i might about camp on this just a minute. When I was first year Rhema, many moons ago, I was, a, you know, a much younger man, and and I was sitting in uh, healing school. I went every afternoon. Brother Kenneth Hagen, my father in the faith, was teaching. And I'm first year. I've just been there a few months. And I'm making a few friends here and there and acquaintances. And a lot of people were getting prophecies. People were prophesying to each other in the restaurant, and they're prophesying to each other after church, and they're prophesying to each other, and everybody's excited because they're getting a special word, but I wasn't, and after a few months, it kind of bothered me that I had no special word. (laughs) Now, you maybe never felt like that at all, (laughs) but many moons ago, I was immature. Immature. And that's what that is. Where's my special word? So I I didn't say anything to anybody, but I just kind of felt that way. And I kind of thought, well, Lord, you know, everybody else is getting a special word. Where's my special word? So I'm in healing school one day. Brother Hagin, I was sitting right on the, the front here. Brother Hagin walked over and he started talking. He said, you know, sometimes people are asking, why don't I get a special word? I mean, he's standing right in front of me, and I just looked there like, "Yeah, I guess people might do that, you know." Just tried to look cool, you know. And uh, and he went on and taught about it for like thirty minutes. I remember it to this day; outstanding. He said. Uh, He said, yeah, people are thinking, you know, I want a special word. I want a special word. I want somebody to prophesy to me and give me a special word. And he went on to begin to describe. He said, yeah, the Lord does use sometimes, individuals, to confirm things. But he began to talk about what a difference it is in the Old Testament. People would go to the prophet to get direction. And he said, that is not correct today. Are you with me now? That is not correct. Why? Because in the old covenant, the average person didn't have the Holy Ghost. You couldn't tell them, be led. They weren't even born again. They didn't have the spirit within. He said, but under the New Testament, if the Lord would use even a prophet to confirm something, it's more of a a confirming than a direction. I don't care if somebody's supposed to be a five-star prophet or prophetess. You don't let anybody lead you. Are you with me? No man, no woman, no pastor, no apostle, evangelist, prophet, nobody leads you, directs you. Are you with me? You have the same spirit I have. Amen. Or anybody else. You got the same Bible I've got. Amen. Are you with me now? Yeah. Well, now, let me, let me explain that. I've had people come to me and say, You know, Brother Keith, so and so prophesied to me that I was supposed to go to Africa and be a missionary. And, and, and I said, Well, you got that on your heart. No one ever even thought about it. No. But so and so's a prophet. So that's got to be God. No. Did you hear me? No. If it is God, you'll have something in you about it. Did you hear me? And there'll be a confirmation either then or later. There'll be a confirmation. But until you got it for yourself, you do not go. I don't care who they are. Are you with me now? So he he went into that teaching about how that, you know, such a difference between even the prophet's ministry in the Old Testament versus the New. Because now the scripture said in that day, they'll not say every man know the Lord. He said, they'll all know me from the least to the greatest. That's that's one of the big reasons why our covenant is better. Right? Because we all know God personally. But then he went on. God's so good. He went on and he said, now, let me tell you about special words of confirmation. He said, uh, a lot of times, the reason people need a word of confirmation through somebody else is because they, had, they didn't get it the last 20 times God talked to them. Dull. Slow. Well, already I'm looking at this special word differently. (laughs) a lot of times the Lord has, he spoke, spoke to people through the, through the word. He spoke to them through a time of prayer. He's spoken to them through different services and they're just not getting it. They're slow and dull. And so he'll move through somebody else because it's so serious and go, Hey, Listen. So sometimes that's the case. And he said, if you're already hearing from God fine for yourself and don't need it, well, that's just good. You're getting it from the Lord for yourself. Good. You don't need it. He said, and also, he said, now that's not the case every time. He said, sometimes, even though you're hearing from God fine for yourself, but the Lord will move, let's say like through Paul. Paul was obviously a man who knew God and walked close with God, but on one occasion he sent Agabus to him. Remember that? He sent Agabus to him and took, took Paul's belt and, and tied himself up and said, "So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt." That's directive. And it's confirming. Because he had he had, had that witness. You could see through it. And he said. Uh, Brother Hagin was saying. Uh, he said there are times the Lord will do that. Even if you're hearing from God. Because there's particularly rough sailing ahead. And you're going to need something strong. To help hold you. Well either one of those. Would make me. I begin to think. I'm glad. I'm not getting a special word. <laughs> because. It could mean I'm hearing from God okay from myself. And there's no particularly rough sailing ahead. I thought somebody ought to hear that today. All right. How are we going to get to this message if we don't read the text? Well, or the other might be more important than this. So Joshua 1, are you there? Look at the word that the Lord gave Joshua. Because he had a lot of stuff in front of him. He told him in verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people you shall divide for an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong, be very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, for then... You'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Hallelujah. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. That's the third time. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. <laughs> and that word <laughs> put strength into him and put grace into him, and he ran on it for decades. Can you say amen? Amen. And since it's been recorded in this book, it belongs to you just as much as it does to him. Now here's the thing that came up in my heart about this. Notice we first started reading it. Verse 5. What does it say? Read that first part to me. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now what did that mean to him? How would he. How would he have applied that? Would he have thought. There was somebody. And a lot of somebody's Standing between him. And the vision. That God had given the job. God had given him to do. Well all all themites. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jebusites. Gergeshites And. Amalekites, right? Hittites, Olimites. Well, what, what did he tell him though? How many of them? Nine. Now we're talking about a lot of people. But he said not a one of them. There's, there's not going to be any man that's going to be able to stand before you. What does that mean? Stop you, right? Amen. Hold you back, prevent you. Not a one. All the days of your life. Does that scripture belong to you? Yes, sir. Hmm? Not a man. Of course, that means male man or female man. Not, there's no person that can stand before you and stop you and hinder you and keep you from the will of God all the days of your life. Take that as a word of God to you for yourself you, right now tonight. Say it out loud. No man, no man can, stand can stand before me all the days, all the days of, my of my life. And, of course, he went on to say you got to be strong, yeah. right? Got to be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't give in to fear. Keep, you, keep yourself in the word, right? Meditate in the word night and day. Keep it in your mouth. Do it. See, he said all that too, didn't he? Yes, sir. But see, if you you, you stay with God, walk with God, stay in the Word. And he said, Nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, here's the thing the Lord brought up on my heart. So many times in life, people get their eyes on someone else, and they get to thinking and believing that this person or persons or group of people is holding them back, hindering them and keeping them out. People get their eyes on other people and get to thinking, they're ruining my life. Hmm? Say amen for somebody else. Of course, that's not because somebody needs that. Of course, not you probably, but. Uh, The devil has always worked this way. He wants you to blame anybody and everybody except yourself and him. Right? If you listen to the devil, you're yourself you're never to blame for anything, and nothing's your fault. And the devil does not he certainly don't want you to look at him and think he's the problem. His favorite is that people don't even believe there is a devil, which allows him to move freely. He'd rather you didn't even believe there's a devil. He is the deceiver, isn't he? And he is the destroyer. Well, if there is no devil, or if the devil's not to blame, and you're not to blame, then who's to blame for everything? <laughs> Somebody else, but not you. <laughs> Come on now, all got to help me with this tonight. Right? (laughs) We're looking for truth here, right? Truth. You You should not focus on, I want to be right. right. Who's right? No, what's right? Let's look for the truth. And if it shows me up wrong, well, so be it. I want to be right. I'll change. I'll repent. But I want to know the truth. Because you'll know the truth. Truth will make you free. What about if truth makes you free, what does deception and lies do to you? Oh, it it ties you up. It it blinds you and it binds you. Lies blind and bind. Well, of course, that's, that's the enemy's big tactic is to deceive you, to dupe you. And one of his favorite things, because so many things work out the way he wants it to, if you'll begin to think about somebody else and they're bugging you and they are my problem. If you'll begin to listen to it, the enemy will assign imps to you to feed feelings and thoughts into your mind about them. Yeah, look at them. They're hurting you. They're holding you back. They're in between you. If it wasn't for them, you'd have already got that raise. If it wasn't for them, you'd have got that promotion. They, they gave it to them. You should have got that. For I want you to hear the language of the devil. There is never, there's no way that this is God. This is always the devil. Well, if they hadn't come started that new business, I'd be doing a lot better. They got my business. They opened that place up over there and lured my customers away and lured my clients away. Sorry, dirty rascals. They told lies on me. And if you start listening to that, the enemy will feed you this stuff night and day until you come to despise them and you come to hate them and you blame them for everything that's wrong in your life. And it's a lie. I said it's a lie because according to this, no man could stand before you All the days of your life. There is nobody bigger than God. Right? And if you'll believe God. And you'll do what he tells you to do. Who can stop your blessing? Who can cut you off. And shut you down. And hold you back in life. It's a lie. Go with me to. Genesis please. Go to Genesis and the third chapter Genesis chapter 3 I think we need to pray just a little bit before I read this (laughs) I don't have anybody in mind (laughs) he's trying to preach that to me well yeah and everybody else that's here and me too Right? I've had so many times people come and say, well, you know, I think he was trying to preach to me. Well, you were there, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, if we, if we believe in, in the spirit of God and that God is real, then we shouldn't be surprised if something seems tailored to us. Right? We shouldn't go, that's strange. That was exactly what I was thinking. What does he know? Somebody told, somebody talked to him. Could it have been God? Could it have been? You see how carnal people are when they start acting because it's just like, no, I don't think so. Somebody talked to him. He knows something. Well, they show how carnal they are because to them it's it's a thing impossible to think that it was God. I had a fellow one time come down after service. He was mad. You could see it in his face. He come down. He glared at me. He said, Preacher, you got something to say to me? Won't you just say it to me? I started to say, I did But that would have just provoked him. For one thing, that's just rude, isn't it? There's no excuse for that. I said, kind as I could muster, I said, what? What What are you talking about? He said, you know what I mean. I said, I'm sorry at the moment, I don't. He started telling me about something. Well, as he did, I could see how what I said applied, but this is the first time I'm hearing about this. And as he was describing this very private situation with him, I guess he could see it in my eyes. He said, "Uh, you, you, you didn't know about that. I said, not till right now. (laughs) He said, oh, okay. And he left. God's trying to help us, yeah. right? And we should not get all defensive and offended and, uh, you know, let, let's, let's let our faith rise. Yeah. And let's talk like this, that when we come to church, God talks to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Amen. Me, and you, all of, when we come to church, God talks to us. There are different levels of faith for this. I'm, I'm asking you, join with me. Let's believe God together. Yes, sir. Let's say it throughout the week in different times. God talks to us. Right? I mean, that's what should happen when we open this book and we read and, and we, we, we have preaching and teaching. Say, everybody said out loud. When we, church, when we come to church, we have services. We have services. God, talks to God talks to us. We hear directly from him. Now close your eyes and let me pray over you some more about this. Father God, we submit ourselves before you right now. And I'm asking for every one of us ears to hear and eyes that see and a heart that's open and receptive. Speak to us and we hear as always. And by your grace, we'll not be hearers only, but doers. And we know as we act on what you say to us and show us, we will be blessed. Because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it. Grant us answers to questions. Solutions to difficulties and problems, answers and direction for right now. In Jesus' name, and we give you the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody said out loud, I'm a, I'm a doer, not just a hearer. Just a hearer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer of, the of, of the Word of God. According to this Word. To this word. No, I'm preaching again now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't tell you. <laughs> But that's good to be hooked like that. That's uh, who could complain about that? According to the scripture, we just got through reading. Where, of course, you're in Genesis now. But in Joshua 1, what did he say? No man, no man. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So is it true that there's somebody holding you back? No. Hmm? There's somebody or several somebody's keeping you from reaching your potential. Hmm. Look at this in Genesis three, when sin came in, this began immediately. It is uh, it accompanies sin. Eve ate of the fruit. She gave to Adam. He ate. They they blatantly disobeyed God, rebelled and sinned and fell. Now they're having to deal with the consequences of it. God is talking to them. They're standing before him, trembling, scared and confused. They've never had these kind of feelings or experiences before. Death is working in them. And... Uh, when the Lord had called in Genesis 3 to Adam, he hid himself. Verse 9, he said, where are you? He'd never done that before. They, they walked and talked together, commune. He's hiding in the bushes. That's what sin and condemnation will do to you. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? And what did he say? Yes, I have. Huh? What did the Lord ask him? Look at it. Hmm? What did he say? Have you. Who? Have you eaten of the tree? Where have I commanded you that you should not eat what's the answer to that yes. Yes. huh yes. so what did he say did he say yes I did no I didn't no. hmm what did he say he said he said the the woman that you gave me uh, she gave me and, and, I, and I ate <laughs> have you ever heard this before? the spirit of this now see this is in the very beginning there ain't but two people on the planet (laughs) (laughs) who else could he have blamed (laughs) but now notice this you might want to write this down if you hadn't heard me say it before but the lord gave me this some years ago Uh. Pride makes excuses. Humility makes adjustments. Pride makes excuses. Humility makes adjustments. And one evidence of pride, you you ask people a direct question, and they won't answer it. Hmm? Have you ever seen that before? You ask people a question. I mean, you know, I've been in ministry for a number of years now, and something happened, something got broke, and and something was messed up, something didn't get done. A lot of times you ask people, did you do so and so? Well, you know, it got so busy around here, and everything was so hectic. I know right away, their heart's not right. Are you with me? I know right away. You know. Like like some training in the military, you know, you ask certain questions. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. Right? Did you do it? It's a simple response. God said, did you do it? What does he say? He should have been a man. Right? Step up to the plate. Did you eat of the fruit? I told you not to eat. See this he he's not talking about anybody else is he? No, no. Me and me and you. Amen. I told you not to do something. Did you do what I told you not to do? Well, you know that woman that you gave me. Uh-huh. That woman that you gave. This is devilish. Yeah. We should train our children. First time they try to pull this on you, you make it a deal. Yes. Yep. Everything stops. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you this again. Did you or did you not do this or that? And when they start trying to... Have ever ever seen people, they think they can talk fast enough and say so much stuff that you don't really know what's going on. You're like... And then we're at the mall, and -and so-and-so came, and then they were talking, and then so-and-so drove up, and then they said hi, and then they left, and then four people got in the back, and then... (laughs) And they think you're dumb enough to fall for that. (laughs) Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? Is this where we live, though? The nature of the devil is to blame somebody else. And he's always trying to breathe that into every person on the planet. He said the woman that you. He's trying to blame the woman and he's trying to blame God for something he did. Did the Lord say, yeah, you know, you're right. I shouldn't have gave you that woman. I reckon now that you mention it, I am the one who gave her to you. So really, indirectly, it's my fault. (laughs) Now the reason I say that is because people try to do that to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you weren't there. And so I tried calling you five times. And so I never could find out. And so really, you know, if you had been there for me and you had see, always trying to. And a lot of times in their heart, they know it ain't right. But they're just trying to cover their hide. When sin came, then came the blame game. Right right with it. Did the Lord tell him, you know, did the Lord refocus? Or did he hold him accountable for what he did? He did. But he talked to the woman, too. He said to the woman, what is this that you did? And the woman said. It was that serpent. He tricked me. So it's really not my fault. Because you know he tricked me. And he was so slick. And I'm sure the serpent was pointing somewhere. But there was, there was no nobody to point to. Adam's going, it was her. She's going, it was him. as a that serpent. He's going, it was somebody else. <laughs> There's nobody to point to. But see, it, it all comes back to it was somebody else's fault. Are you with me on this now? This is devilish. It is never right. It is never justifiable for you to sit and think about how they Held you back. Yep. They didn't do for you what they should have done. I mean, not long after this, anybody remember Cain and Abel? Yep. Hmm. Yep. What happened? They uh, they brought their offerings. Mm-hmm. Abel brought who? Fluffy. Because <laughs> he loved God with all his heart, and he didn't care what he spent. That's the whole message right there. Hmm? When it comes to, listen, when it comes to the anointing, when it comes to the word of God, the things of God, the ministries of God, spare no expense. Spend money like it's water. Did you hear me now? Don't be talking about saving money. When it comes to the anointing, when it comes to the word, when it comes to the things of God, forget about saving money. Now, if you're led by the Lord, you won't waste money. But forget about trying to save on this or that. Mm -mm. There's nothing more important in the world you could spend your money on. Right? Do the best you know how. Step up the biggest, the best, the highest. Do what you can do. And believe for bigger. That's what Abel did. He brought the very best he had. And it wasn't just Fluffy that pleased God. It was Abel's heart. And what he did, it was expressed through Fluffy. And... uh, Cain just did something, but now notice, you know the rest of the story, he wound up killing his own brother. they are just a handful of people on the planet. Why did he kill his brother? Because God didn't accept his offering. This is not between him and, and Abel. Abel didn't do something to him. Are you with me now? What did Abel do to Cain? He didn't lie on him. He didn't do anything behind his back. He didn't do anything to undermine his offering. All he did was do the best he knew how to do before God. That's all he did. But do you see what happened? God spoke to Cain. And he told him sin was at the door. He told him if he would do better, he'd be accepted. But what did he do? He can't make God go away Hmm? he don't want to make yourself go away and he don't want to change yourself and he don't want to admit to anything and he don't want to deal with anything and he don't want it to be mom and daddy's fault and he don't want it to be the devil's fault so whose fault is it now ain't nobody left but brother it's him and so the devil was right there he said, "Yeah, that's him. If it wasn't for him, if he see if he hadn't come and brought Fluffy, and you'd have just brought your offering, it'd have been great. But no, he had to come up there and show off. Do you see how he brought that little Fluffy up there, <laughs> sashaying up there? <laughs> oh, I brought Fluffy. I brought Fluffy. I brought <laughs> woo woo." Now you're laughing, but how did he get from my only brother on the planet to I'm going to kill this guy? How did he get there? He had to think on some stuff, didn't he? And he had to come to believe that his brother is in his way. He had to come to believe, I got if I can get him out of the picture, I wish something would happen to him. I wish he'd never been born. I wish I didn't have a brother. See, all this comes before pulling out the knife. Are you with me now? I don't even want to see him. You quit talking. No talking. Don't want to be don't want to see anybody. Don't want to be with them. So what do you do if you're not fellowshipping with everybody? You're sitting at home or in your apartment listening to lies, meditating on deception. They're your problem. They're, I mean, if, if it wasn't for them, you'd have all of mom and daddy's love. You know how they are. It's always Abel this, Abel that, Abel that. You see what fine sheep Abel's got. How much Abel loves God. Abel, Abel, I'm sick of Abel. I get it at home and then I go to God and God tells me, able, Abel, Abel. And the devil's telling him, he's your problem. He's what's making your life t- a living hell. It's him. If he wasn't here, life would be good for you. If he wasn't here, mom and daddy would love you and you'd have all their attention. If he wasn't here, then God would take your sacrifice. Wouldn't be no nobody to compare it to. If he wasn't here, if he wasn't here, if he wasn't here. Would you get that now? If he wasn't here, you wouldn't be tormented like this. If he wasn't here, you could be happy. You could have a good life if he wasn't here. See, what's the devil after? Murder. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. He's never after just a little offense. He's after destruction, stealing. He wants something killed. He wants something destroyed. You know, he can't just jump up and put a gun in your hand. How does he get you there? By getting you to believe they are my problem. They are in between me and everything I want. Has the devil done this throughout history? I mean, if we had the time. I got it in my notes here. I mean, same thing happened with Joseph. You remember that? God gave him a vision. He told his brothers. And what did they think? They got to thinking, he's the problem. As long as he's around, none of us can have daddy's love. As long as he's around, none of us can be special. Because Joseph, Joseph, he's got the little special coat. He's got all these visions and dreams. And they got so, they got so bent out of shape with him, they wanted to do away with him. And they did. Cain got to the place where he was fully convinced, I have got to get rid of Of my brother. I can't wait for him to die. I can't wait for someone. I can't stand him being around another day or year. I've got to get rid of him. He became convinced. Everything wrong with his life. Was Abel's fault. The devil does this with husbands and wives. Did you hear me? I know we don't, sometimes we don't like to talk about these things, but I have talked to more than one couple. They didn't volunteer it, but the Spirit of God brought it out. They're wishing their spouse was dead. I don't mean once or twice. This has happened many, 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 many times. People think it's unique to them, think, oh, what an awful thought. It's happening all over the place. Because. The enemy's feeding them. This person is holding you back. This person is keeping you from having the kind of life you want to have. They're holding back your spirituality. They're holding back your development. They're holding back your blessing. They're holding back your prosperity. This person, this person. See, the devil's always doing that. It's them. It's them. Why do I feel like this? It's them. Why am I so miserable? It's them. And if you listen to that day after day and month after month and year after year, you come to only one conclusion. I have to get rid of them or I can't be happy. We've seen it on the news. A man killed his young pregnant wife. A wife kill her husband. It's it's just happened too many times just in the last few years. Why? Why would you do that? Why not just leave? Just go. See, it's all such a lie. People are convinced these people are my problem. If they went to another planet, they'd find out in about three days... All the problems are still there. Why? Because the problems are in them. And when you get there, you're going to be there. Right? Right. (laughs) Oh, Lord, y'all with me tonight? Now, this is is so important. Why not just walk away? If they're your problem. I've seen it before. There's been people, thank God not too many, but there's been people before in my life that thought I was their problem. Not Phyllis. (laughs) Talking about other situations. That my ministry, because of what I was doing, was in their way or or taking back some... You know, one fellow said this. I'm not going to call his name, but uh, he he told another uh, minister friend of mine, uh, very prominent he said well he said you know we're all after that same Christian dollar oh. Oh my. that makes me want to spit yes, or stomp or something that's ignorant Amen. did you hear me yes, see that, they view anybody that's doing well as competition uh-huh. did you hear me now and then the devil is right there to tell them, yeah, they're getting your money. Yeah, if they, you know, all that money they're getting, some of that would have went to you if they hadn't have been there. Are y'all with me tonight at all? Are y'all, y'all helping me? Yeah. Some of that, you know, they're getting your money. What do you mean your money? I thought it was their money. And then if they gave it to God, it's his money. Right? Well, won't they help me? They help everybody else. It's because so-and-so. If they hadn't been helping them so much, they could have helped me. That's because they're doing that for for my, my sister. And because they did all that for her, they ain't got nothing left for me. Well, ain't you pitiful? <laughs> little whiny baby. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm going to get back to this toward the end, I think, again. Something the Lord spoke to me. Uh, oh, it's been about a week or so now. I told Phyllis in the car. We were doing something, and the Lord said it to me, and I told her. He said, to. Uh, somebody was acting like you know that maybe i ought to do this or somebody ought to do that if you've been in ministry for very long especially if very many many people know you you'll find out there's a lot of people think you owe them something especially if you have some success they think well you you ought to do you're supposed to do this and the lord said this to me about i was thinking about it should i shouldn't i what should we do and he the lord said to me he said they have the same god you do So I meditated on that for, for a while. They have the same God you do. Is that true? We all have the same God. What does that mean? We all have access to exactly the same provider, protector, promoter. Is that right? Anointer. Direction. You need to remind yourself. Anytime somebody tries to put a guilt trip on you. And try to make you responsible for something in their life. You need to remember. They have the same God you do. Same God. If they're not looking to him. Is that your fault? If they're not obeying him. Is that your fault? But then people want to make it your fault. It's the same stuff. People want to make it somebody else's fault. The blame game. Hallelujah. Well, this is a little different tonight, isn't it? But it's okay. Let me just remind you of some of these. How many remember Saul and David? What did Saul become convinced of? David was his problem, right? That as long as David, he he got to the place. Remember when it started off? David was his buddy. Man, he loved David. He thought David was the grandest thing he'd ever seen in his life. Strapping young boy launched out there and ran toward that giant because Saul and his whole family, they loved courage. Man, they loved bravery and they loved, you know, being a man of war. And, they, and boy, this young man, he just looked. Fear in the eye and spinning it and ran. And I mean, look, young boy, and he could play the instrument and was anointed. And man, he, he asked his daddy, could you let him come over with me? Wanted him there in the house with him. Didn't he? Yep. Loved him. I mean, his boy, Jonathan, you remember that? Oh, man, they, they, they were like brothers and more. Loved each other. And then one day, it all happened this one day. They come back from a campaign. Remember that? Everything was fine up until this. They came back from a campaign and they'd had a great victory and God had really used David for some special things. And, and the damsels came and met them as they are coming back into the city and said, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. oh, 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 oh. And he heard that. And the Bible said he, he looked at David differently after that. And it didn't all happen overnight, but day after day, month after month, he became convinced David was his problem, was standing between him and everything he wanted, standing between him and the security of his family and his reign and everything else. And as long as David lived, he couldn't have what he wanted. See, he's, he's believing there's a man. Before me. In, in, blocking me. Stopping me. Is that ever true for the child of God? Never. Yeah, we're making progress now. Right? Must you believe this to be free? You must. Who, who can hold you back? Who can stop the word of God from coming to pass in your life? Who? Nobody. Nobody. Well, it's the government's fault. The man's holding me down. Oh yeah. Who who's bigger than God? Nobody. It's the economy. It's that old economy, man. That just economy is just messing up my business and it's keeping me down. It's the economy. Nope. Well that's as good of, of excuse as any. It's as good of an excuse to not look at yourself. Yeah. Right? Remember, the devil wants you to blame anybody except who? Except you and him. Right? But where's the first place you ought to go when things ain't right? Right. You, right, and him. (laughs) It's true. You know, we just read about this. Herodias. Just read about that? I didn't see everybody nod their head. So I better pause here just a minute. (laughs) And just mention. That everybody. At Faith Life Church. Reads their chapter. Every day. Monday. Through Friday. Everybody. Every. Everybody. 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 Now, for some reason, you've been on another continent and you didn't know. Uh, there is the uh, little strip out there, the bookmark that shows what chapter we're reading every day. Uh, please, please, please take this seriously. Do it. But we were reading this just recently, and we saw how that Herod, if you, we're reading some different translations too, Phyllis and I, while we're doing this, and some of it brought out how that Herod, he respected John the Baptist, there was something about him that that he and, and he liked to hear him. he wouldn 't necessarily do what he told him, but he liked to hear him. He knew there was something about this man. He knew this was a man of God, he knew he was holy, he knew he was anointed, and so even though he you know he was he was ungodly he'd call for him from time to time, and he wanted to hear him. He had married his brother's wife, and uh, John the Baptist. Now, this took a lot of courage, didn't it? Yep. He looked the man up now. He's standing down there in the change and looked up now and said, it's, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Here's a man. All he's got to do is look at the guard and go, you're dead. But I mean, no, when you know God and you fear God, you fear nobody else. Amen. That's right. What if he did kill you? Whoopee, check out my mansion sooner. Right? When you know the truth, you just are hard to scare. But Herodias, what happened to her after that? She became convinced that John the Baptist was what? He, he was in between her and everything she wanted out of life. He, as, as long as he breathed, she couldn't be happy, she couldn't rest. So her daughter danced in front of them, and so pleased them all. Sounds like he's in a drunken stupor, you know, full of lust and alcohol. And he says, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Half my kingdom. Well, he had a lot of stuff. He had access to a lot of stuff. This was an opportunity for her to be set for life, financially, socially, By today's standard, millions of dollars and houses and lands. I mean, half his kingdom was a ton of stuff. And what did she ask for? The head of a man of God. You talk about getting a curse on yourself and your Family. See, so how do you get that ignorant? How do you get that stupid that you pass up millions of dollars and set for life and ask for the head of a man of God that's going to curse your descendants? How do you get that ignorant? By believing that somebody else is your problem. Are y'all with me tonight now? Somebody say not me. Not me. I'm not ignorant. Of the, devices, of the devil's devices. I know better. I know better. Nobody, Nobody can, stand me can stand between me and what God has for me. What God has for me. No, man no man is holding me back. Is holding me back. No, man no man is before me and God. God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, uh, we could go on, time permitted, but you know what happened with uh, Joseph was a prophecy. You remember his brothers became so angry with him, and, and and they sold him, not knowing he was the key to them living instead of dying in a few years. Is that right? Yeah. The very one that they thought. Was the bane of their existence. That they you know. He was keeping everything good. He was the one. The only one. That God was going to use. To save all their lives. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And that was prophetic. Because how many know. Later. Yeah. There came one born of a woman. Yeah. The son of God. Yeah. And he came into his own. His own received him not. And the religious leaders of the day, the one who professed to know the word and know God the most, they came. They became convinced over a period of months and years that he was their problem. As long as he existed, they were even in danger. They, they, they became envious. And the high priest said, don't you understand? It's expedient that one man die and not all the people. We could lose our place. We could lose everything. They became convinced that this man... Who's never hurt anybody. Did you hear me now? Hadn't broken the law. Hadn't hurt anybody. Hadn't stole from anybody. Has been used of God to raise the dead. And and heal and deliver. This man. Had to die. Isn't that right? Isn't that what happened? Can you see the devil's mode of operation? I mean from the very beginning all the way through. He's always trying to work on you and get you. Don't look at yourself and don't look at the devil, but look around. It's your husband. Sorry, rascal. He doesn't appreciate you. There might not be as much to appreciate as you think. If you're acting like that. It's less than you imagine. <laughs> He's holding me back. I've wasted the best years of my life on that pig. <laughs> and without saying anything, people are lay in the bed and wish they'd die. Wish something had happened to them and they didn't come home. I know people don't like to talk about this stuff, but it's happening. They are not your problem. You're, You're believing a lie. They're not your problem. Your wife is not your problem. Your husband is not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. I'm not your problem. I'm not. Nor any other preacher. Nor any politician. No man. Can stand before you all the days of your life. If you'll obey God and follow him. And what the Lord told me. We all have the same God. Right? I got the same God. As Oral Roberts. I got the same God as Kenneth Hagin. I got the same God as Billy Graham. I got the same God as moses abraham i got the same god as david and jesus i got the same god i got the same god so any anything that they have access to i have access to don't i and you do go to john said out loud i have the same god there's not a different God. See, I, we all have the same God. Anything that anybody else has believed God for, it's possible you could. Anything that God's ever done for somebody else, it's, it's possible you could believe and have the same thing. Right? You can be as close to Him as anybody. You can be as anointed as you dare believe and want to be. You can be as prosperous. You can be as successful And if if you're looking at it, that's what God told Joshua. Don't you be afraid. Like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You keep that word in your mouth. You keep it in your mind all the time. Don't be afraid. Keep your eyes on me. I'm going to make your way prosperous. You're going to make your way prosperous. You're going to have good success. And nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That works for you. That works for me. John 20. Man, this is shouting ground right here. John 20. Jesus has just been raised from the dead. I mean, I guess moments before. And the uh, the some of the women were standing out there at the sepulchre and uh, looking for him. And verse 15, well, verse 14, rather. John 20, 14. When she had said thus, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and she knew not that it was Jesus. He just raised from the dead. Jesus said to her, woman, uh, why are you crying? And who are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener. She said, sir, if you've borne him away, tell me where you've taken him and laid him and I'll take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say Master. Jesus said to her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend. I'm going up right now. To my Father and your Father. <laughs> and and I'm going up to my God and Your God. No no difference. Is he just as much our Father as he is Jesus' Father? Is he just as much our God as he is Jesus' God? Somebody say, my God. God. My My Father. He's just as much your God as any man or woman that you respect and have seen God do great things for. He's just as much your God. No reason for you and I to ever envy somebody else. Right. Feel slighted. Feel second rate. Feel like God's, well, you know, he played favorites with them. And, you know, well, yeah, that's his little Abel, Abel. <laughs> Can you hear? See, the devil's always trying to tell you. Yeah. You know, God likes Abel. He don't like you. It's a little Joseph. Joseph, Joseph. See him prints around and that little... Uh, a little coat makes me sick. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anytime you see or hear somebody else's blessing and you go, mm. you are wrong. Amen. Right? Amen. Anytime God blesses somebody, he's pleased with them. He promotes them. He gives them stuff. He does stuff for them. He uses them. What do you do? What do you Come on now, what do you do? You go, glory to God. Man, it's good. Whew. I've told you this before. Some of you might not have heard it. I'll repeat it. Uh, Phyllis and I, I think, it was, uh, I think it was really the second car that we'd ever really believed for. It wasn't new by any stretch. It was well used. But it was much nicer than what we'd had up to that point. It was a pretty sharp looking car. It was that Oldsmobile. You remember that? It was a Tarnada. Black and silver and sleek looking. It was, you know, of course, back in the day, you know, that was that was a car. Big old long hood, and V8, and cushy. And uh, I drove it up to where I was ministering and I had some guys that were helping me. And this one guy came out. He said, that's your car. He'd been helping me. He was one of my ushers. And, and I said, yeah. And I said, you know, brother, he said, what, what happened? I said, well, Phyllis and I have been believing, you know, and the Lord gave us this. He said, oh, glory to God. He jumped up there and he looked at it. He rubbed the paint. He said, oh, glory to God. I mean, he ran around ran around the parking lot, shouted a lot more than I did. <laughs> he did that for five minutes and he wasn't putting on, he wasn't just acting. He And he came back in and he got happy again. We was getting ready for the service. He said, glory to God, that's a nice car, brother. Whoo, glory to God. He jumped out and did a little dance. Man, you could. And, and here's the thing. I'm, the reason I'm telling you, he was genuinely glad. He wasn't just saying and doing. it. He was. Gen, you could tell. There's no put on. He really was happy about it. He looked at me later. He said, "One reason I'm happy. He said, I'm in the same blessing line you're in." <laughs> He said, You got started at this before I did. He said, I'm a few paces back in the line, but my time's coming. I'm in the line. I'm same line. You in. I said, You're right. You're right, brother. you probably get something nicer when your time comes. That's another way of saying the same thing, right? Same God. Got the same God. We all got the same God, same provider. Does that do anything for your spirit? When you hear Jesus, fresh raised from the dead, and he looks at them and it's recorded for us, it's to us just as much. And he says, my father and your father, my God, your God, just as much, just as much. Oh, hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Raise your hands. Give glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 My God. Oh, my God. Oh, glory to God.